0: Welcome to Blue Bloods College Game Time. A true Blue pod production. Quarterback draw, he's gotta run through him at the first down. Watch out! He's got getaway speed! Touchdown! That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time, a couple of blue bloods out competing. College game day, Saturdays, mid-time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend, full of back-to-back games, just me and my friends. Man, I love college, college football, I love March Madness, man, I
1: love college.
0: Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Bloods College Game Time, a TBP production. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, TBP Sports, T is in Trey, B is in Brandon, P is in Podcast, True Blue Pod. Um, well, if you don't already know, it's your boy, Trey Smith.
1: Yep, and it's your boy Brandon Holmes. Welcome to Blue Bloods College Game Time. A podcast for the fans, by the fans. Week six, midway through, this has been a fast pace. We wait all year for this Mm. season to just fly past us. And I, dare I say, dare I say, Trey, this might have been the best week of college football I've seen from the noon slate games to the mid-afternoon games. Start to to finish. It was just I, I was glued, I was out running errands with my phone in front of me. I had mm. all my apps downloaded. Just an incredible week of college football.
0: Crazy, crazy, crazy. I mean it's it's this is one of those weekends that you go, man, that was therapy like that yes. was that was therapeutic for me yesterday. It's like it's what you' you build up all summer long looking forward to college football season. It's for a weekend like we just had it's for a saturday like we just had and uh man well let's get into this so yeah, let's go um uh, i think everybody knows our format now we've we're in ah gosh what is this episode seven of our yeah, of our podcast seven. man we're um, humming. we are humming uh we're still an upstart we're we're you know in season one we've been going since week zero um but our format we're gonna go uh let's go cfp plus two who do you want to kick it off you want me to go you want to yeah, go Yeah, go ahead
1: man i think i took it first last week i think okay
0: so um well i i have to go with the new number one because someone beat bama <laughs> someone beat bama <laughs> they did it i can't believe it someone beat bama and I, it's not that i can't believe it i can't believe the someone that beat bama which we'll A- get to bama. that yeah I but that my goodness so obviously, and here's the deal, even if Bama wins that game, um, which when they got to the fourth quarter, I'm going, Bama's got this, Bama's going to win. Bama's gonna right. do what Bama does, and they're they're gonna they're gonna win this game. I already had planned on bumping Georgia to number one anyways, so they're the number one spot, the Georgia Bulldogs. I am putting my number two. In a place that I think they're overrated, but I also I gotta go with what I gotta what I have to go with, mm-hmm. which is they've won all their games. They had a top five win on Saturday, mm. and that's the Iowa Hawkeyes. Mm. Do I in my gut believe the Iowa Hawkeyes are the second best team in the country? Absolutely not. But Based off how the polls work, based off what their record says, based off the wins that they have under their belt, I got Georgia, Iowa. Number three, I've got OU um, for the same exact reasons as to right. why I've got Iowa at number right. two. Um, I, I In my gut, and maybe I'm just wrong, Like in my gut I don't feel like either of those teams are the second best and third best, yeah. but they're the two teams right now that are have beaten every team that's been put in front of them, which you have to respect halfway through uh-huh. the season, whether it was ugly or not. And I know we'll get to each of those teams here in a little bit, but yeah, um, that's my two and three. And then I really wanted to put Bama at four, okay? But I did not. Uh-huh. And here's why. Because you just lost to an unranked team. If they would have came in and lost to a top 10 team, top five team, okay, I'll keep you in that top four this week. Now, they could easily get right back into the mix here, but I'm going to put a team at number four really just because I've been high on them now for the last two weeks, um, and now they're kind of starting to get a little – Publicity and recognition, and I'm going to put Kentucky right there.
1: Uh, Now,
0: now, that's going to change because they're about to get throttled next week when they play Georgia. In my Mm. opinion, but I feel like at least for this week, the placeholder they can be there. They beat every team that's been put in front of them. They're undefeated in the SEC. They beat Florida. They beat LSU. I mean, this is Kentucky football, right? This isn't this isn't the basketball team. So I'm going to let them have it. And I started talking about them a couple weeks ago, and they have kind of made me look good because I was kind of jumping on them before they uh, had their big top 10 upset and then beat LSU, which one of these episodes we're going to have to figure out what in the world is going on with LSU. We don't don't really have time for that this week, but my goodness, even though I do have what I think is going to happen with them. Yeah. Uh, And then my next two in, I've got Bama. And despite their unranked loss – and then I my 6 I have a 6A and 6B and that's Michigan State and then Cincinnati. I mean mm. I So that's my week that's, 6 top 4 plus 2.
1: That's that's good. I could see that. I struggled with this week. You know, I yeah. came into it at this top of Saturday thinking it was going to look one way um cuz in my mind I'm like sure enough Bama doesn't lose to AM, so I only need to really figure out my next two spots. Um, Shout-out to Jimbo Fisher. He told them in SEC Media Day, I'm going to kick his explicit mm. and save and in golf, laughing, and, you know, hey, shout-out to Jimbo for keeping up his word. So if it's me, obviously I would have put um, Georgia number one overall anyways. I mean, these guys are winning with a laundry list of injuries. They're winning with mm. their backup quarterback. I mean, I think most programs in America would take – Stetson Bennett I think that's his name they would take him right now as their starting quarterback and Georgia has the luxury of having him as a backup so I like Georgia um if we're just going based upon how we feel like the pollsters or the committee would rank it this is why I'm ranking it this way because this one yeah could be my top four I do think you have to go Iowa number two it's a top five win right they are always going to say what were they ranked at the time? Yes. Well, you know, all the other factors. And so yes, I I mean Penn State was a top five team. So they so they go ahead and get that. Um, this is where it gets tricky for me, right? Number three. Uh number three, man, I, I am gonna say this, and most people will probably just say it's SEC bias. I don't care. I think you put Bama in there. I think you put Bama because in the game of college football, there's so much parity in it. And you get caught at the right time, at the right moment, which I feel. And Bama still almost pulled that game off. So, yes, they lose an unranked opponent. I still don't see that many other teams beating Bama, per se. I mean, people can say, oh, Florida got But you got close. You didn't get the W. Jimbo got the W. We can argue A&M kind of coughed up some games. They look, you know, um, not to discredit. And they played a tough schedule, man. Arkansas is a good team. You know, they they lost them pretty handily. Um, So, I will put Bama in my three. At my four, this is kind of where it gets tricky. I mean, I put OU in. This is why I don't really like OU. But this, we were texting about Caleb Williams mm-hmm. about a week ago. And I told you, man, I watched this kid when he played high school football in DC. That offense looks way different with him, it looks way more explosive. It, it reminded me of the Kyler Murray years. Um, mm. I'm not saying he's mm. the next Kyler Murray. I'm just saying it reminded me of that offense with Kyler Murray. He gives them a different type of big playability when you can add when you're a dynamic runner. When you do mm-hmm. that in college football, that opens your playbook up entirely different. Um, so that would be my four. My my next two man. Um, if I'm going to be honest, my my next my next team up, I will put Ole Miss mm-hmm. down there. I like Ole Miss firepower. I mean the deep. Defense, at this point in college football, you don't have to have a crazy defense. If you have a crazy defense, that's a luxury. You just need a defense that can bend and not break. Um, I like Ole Miss there. And um, number six, man, I, and, I, and I went I went back and forth with this. I want to put Penn State there. I just don't know how healthy Sean Clifford is. Because mm-hmm. I believe if Sean Clifford's healthy, they don't lose that game. Um, or I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah um, absolutely. So I would like to put him there. Uh... I'm gonna put Cincinnati there, man. I think they deserve it. Yes, I think they they went into um, South Bend. They took care of business against Notre mm-hmm. Dame. They they didn't have the hangover game because everybody expected them to have a hangover game against yeah. Temple. Desmond Ritter <sighs> took care of business, Not fifty-two at all. to three. Like he's yes. in a Heisman contention. I think you have to finally ask yourself: Is since in the mix of where we are this season, and it's mm. crazy, you might have to say is Cincinnati for real? And I think you have to give them a really hard look because they take care of business when they need to take care of. They went into South Bend and they did what they were. They handed, they handed it to Notre Dame. Um, so that would be my my top six, man. Um, th- that would well, be it for me.
0: And I just before we move into mailbag, I'm just gonna say, if you listened two weeks ago, I had Ole Miss as one of my next two in. They're absolutely deserving of that, but. The Arkansas fan in me would not allow me to put them in my CFP plus two this week. So I'm just just being 100% honest. It's pure (laughs) bias as to why they didn't make my cut. Do I think they would beat Michigan State and Cincinnati? Yeah, I do. But you know what? I need a week. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Blue Blood listeners, I need a week. All right? It was a heartbreaker. If you didn't watch the game, you missed a... What I think was just an instant classic, came down great to game. the last. And I don't really have anything else to say about Arkansas this week as I as look at our, our, our framework, so I'll just go ahead and get this out now. I am so happy Sam Pittman went for the win. If you didn't yeah. watch it, it came down. We, we literally scored a touchdown that would have been a potential game-tying touchdown with no time remaining, uh, last play of the game. And we went for two, and we went for the win. And we didn't get it, and Ole Miss won. So hats off to them. Uh, I do have some things to say about Ole Miss uh, as we get later in into this episode. In fact, it might even be in this next segment. Um, but that is why they. Um, I need they a week before a I can week. put them back in my. Just being honest. So yeah,
1: it was it was a good game, man. It was a good game. It was, and I, and I cover the Rebels for Sports Illustrated. Um, Correct. And I was just like. I had already. Here's the thing. Sorry, we can move to the next thing, but I have. Yeah, to yeah. This. Go ahead. I already had everything typed up, right? I, I, I did. Th- <laughs> I had everything typed up. I'm ready to go. We're ready to rock, and um, I got my suit jacket on. So, you guys, if you ever see Sports Illustrated, it's like completely different. We have ties. I'm like sweating because <laughs> I'm just like I want to get this off of my body, but we have to record this, and I'm like, all right, I'm setting everything up and you guys drive down the field and score, and I'm going, you got to be. I think I texted you. I go, why are my yeah. games always yep. the longest games?
0: <laughs> well, you know, and I was writing one for that game for Arkansas because I cover Arkansas for Sports right. Illustrated. And so I was. I had mine ready, and here's what's crazy. I had a tweet typed out in all caps, go for two, Sam. And I thought, no, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. Like, Because I always worried I'm going to jinx my team. Even, even at some point in the game when Ole Miss got a stop, and I thought they were about to go down and score. I said, well, that's the I said something to the effect of, well, that's the game. Like that was me trying to reverse the jinx, yeah.
1: <laughs> which it worked. Right, right. It got us the ball. It you got know. us the ball back.
0: But I I had, I thought, here's what I'm gonna do. If we make this two-point conversion, I had my video queued up. I was in my, you know, sports right. <laughs> jacket and tie, I had my camera set up, and I was like, I was gonna be like, let's go. And I was gonna tweet it and be like, all right, I gotta go, I gotta shoot this recap. And then we didn't get it. And it's kind of funny because it's like those recaps. It's like, they don't let you bask in your emotional piece. Like when it's no. a team that you're, you have that connection <laughs> have to, to. it's like, okay, I got, I got to record this and I have yeah. to do this. And so anyways. Okay. Next. up, Are we ready? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. So be homes. You got a mailbag. What do we got?
1: Yeah. So we got a mailbag. Um, This is right after the red river shootout. Um, okay. We, I get a text. Uh, From a friend of ours, Uh, friend of mine is becoming a friend of yours. He's very active in our in our Twitter sphere. He says you guys should do a mailbag on what OU would look like in the SEC this year if they were in the SEC this year. What would they look like? So this is what I did. I start thinking about it. I start pondering on it. So Trey, this is what I actually did. So that way I can give an accurate accurate depiction of what I think would happen. I went with a team I'm familiar with in the SEC. I took Arkansas schedule. Okay. And I put Iowa, I mean, Oklahoma, excuse me, OU, in Arkansas spot. So I'm going to go down to games. Rice, right. I think it's a win. Texas, I guess I just have to say it's a win because of yesterday, but I yeah. think that's a toss-up. It can go either way, right? So let's just say I give them the win. They're 2-0. and Georgia Southern, 3-0. and I believe they lose. So now they're mm. 3-1. and Georgia, I believe they lose. Now I think yeah. they're 3-2. Ole Miss, I believe they lose. Now I believe mm. they're 3-3. and now you're going against Auburn. Uh, toss up. So I'll give you that. You're four and three. Then University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. I will give you that. They're five and three. Mississippi State. It's a toss up. So let me just be nice. I'll give you that. You're six and three. LSU. I think you lose <laughs> defensively. It Depends think on what you, but, LSU team yeah, what shows up
0: this year, man.
1: So. I'll give LSU that game though. Just alpha athletes, period. Defense, yeah, right. period. Period. So you're six and four, um, Alabama. I don't think they're beating Bama ever. Six and five, and then Mizzou, which is the SEC. I'll I'll be generous and I'll give them that. So seven, right? And there's a couple games in that seven that I think are are, to- are toss ups. I don't necessarily know if you really do beat Texas. I'm just giving you that because you won yesterday. I don't necessarily mm. know if you can go and beat Auburn, which Auburn has proven they're not afraid to go on the road against a big team. They went they went to Happy Valley this year. Um, so even though that would have been a home game at OU. And so I'm like, realistically, I think the best they do is 7-5. and five. I think the worst they can do, they're not bowl el- eligible in the SEC. Because this is how I feel about OU. I feel OU has benefited from playing in a weak conference for the last – can we say two decades, two decades, Texas has kind of been the only thing that kind of kept them float in the early two thousands that mm-hmm. made it worth watching before. Oh, then they had, you know, Nebraska, the, the
0: Baylor State. years, yeah, the they Baylor had some years. Baylor like years the, like, with the art brows.
1: Yep, yep. Right. Yep. So, you know, the TCU, there, the TCU
0: but it's never been there. like
1: a strong, consistent kind like the SEC is strong and consistent. And I know yeah. a lot of people want to say this, they they would say the Big Ten hasn't been, and I'm like the Big Ten's been strong and consistent. Ohio State has just been at another level, so it's mm. made it look like the Big Ten hasn't been at it. But if you look over the last two decades, man, the Big Ten has had some solid teams. Even you got to look at the Dantonio years. You got to mm. look when James Franklin instantly came over and turned over Penn State. You have to look, Mm -hmm. man, Iowa has always been Iowa. They're a tough win. Pat Fitzgerald has had Northwestern play good on the other side of it. So Mm -hmm. Michigan's going to, we're not, we've not always been the best, but we're going to give you a solid, you know, we had the 2016 year where we were undefeated, you know, there's going into the Iowa game. So there's been these, this era where in these other major, we don't even talk about the PAC 12 here, but (laughs) these other, between the SEC and the big 10, which I think we agree are the two best football conferences There's Mm -hmm. just this strength of the conference. I don't think OU is ready for the week-end and week-out gauntlet of the Mm. SEC. That is a, like, to win, and I think this is why we love to see Bama lose, because they're so dominant in the best football conference in the country. And Mm. it's the SEC is a, I'm looking at you guys' schedule as a Razorback fan. I'm like, you guys went, play A&M. Then you have to turn around and play Georgia. Then you have to turn around and play Ole Miss. Miss. And then I'm looking at your schedule. You still got to yeah. play Auburn. Auburn. You still got LSU. You still got And Bama. Bama. Like those are those seven games alone. No other conference, even as a Big Ten fan, is giving a team that type of tough slate. Where mm. you are like, those are seven games potentially I'm going to lose. Like Mm -hmm. in the season And then you guys added on the out-of-conference game With Texas Like, And we can say I'm not going to discredit Because Texas looks Sark looks like he kind of has this thing rolling a little bit And he'll get it Mm. there Mm-hmm. I just don't I think OU is in for a rude awakening now maybe after some recruiting years it helps out but I think the first couple years are probably going to be a little bit rough and if they play this year with the team we've seen with the quarterback I mean they just switched the quarterback that they have a quarterback controversy now but with Spencer Rattler there and I, I like Spencer I want the kid to succeed you know we're all here for we want athletes to do well um, and what have we've seen uh, I might say this Oklahoma team maybe wins four games in the SEC this year.
0: Hmm.
1: Wow. Okay. I've got,
0: I've got a little bit different take on this. Um, even though I, it's funny because I actually followed pretty much the same format as you. Um, I didn't necessarily go game for game now to be fair to OU for the sake of this argument. You did pick the team, Arkansas, who, Coming into the season had the toughest schedule in all of college football. Okay. For the second week or second year in a row. Um, because I feel like if you put OU in Kentucky's schedule, if you put OU in Ole Miss's schedule, in you know, some of these teams that don't have like not everyone has to play. Georgia as their crossover game along mm-hmm. with the SEC West gauntlet. You know, I talked about that last week, how old miss like this game against Arkansas for both teams could have new Year's six implications. And I mm-hmm. gave Ole miss the advantage because one, they don't have to play Georgia as their crossover. They've got Vanderbilt and they've got That's Bama true. behind them early. So here's my take though, getting back to OU. So, we talked about the Sports Illustrated thing, right? So I essentially—I don't know if you can see the, all the helmets behind me—but I, I, I cover Arkansas, A&M, and Texas, and so I had Arkansas, Ole Miss on my big screen, and I had the Red River. Uh, I'm used to saying Red River Shootout because that's what yeah, it was too. when I was growing up. And then yeah, they changed same. it to the Red River Rivalry and then that's too difficult to say. So then now it's the Red River Showdown, but whatever, whatever we want to call it's it now. It's
1: shootout to me always. <laughs>
0: I, I, I had that on my second screen and watching OU and Ole Miss at the same time, I saw a lot of similarities. Hmm. And so I started thinking, when you texted me that question, I feel like you could watch what Ole Miss does this year. Because you could make an argument that Ole Miss could potentially run the table, as much as it pains me to say this a day after losing to them in a heartbreaker. But just getting back to that realistic objective stance, they could potentially run the table mm-hmm. and be back in the Sugar Bowl or, or whatever in the New Year Six. Or they could drop a couple more and then still be i think in a new year's day bowl whether it be like the tax slayer the outback you know right, whatever right. you know what i'm talking about one of those where they'll mm-hmm. probably draw like a, a quality big 10 opponent like i think the table is set for them to really perform well with their ceiling being um you know a new year six well i got another thought on that a little bit later as far as the sec west okay. but um <laughs> The New Year six, and then even, and really, I think their floor at this point is still just a New Year's Day bowl, which I know okay. those games don't aren't, aren't as aren't what they used to be because players don't really play in them. They start preparing for the draft, and it's just. Right. But, but to get back to the mailbag question, I feel like you could watch what Ole Miss does, how their season plays out, and I think you could make an argument that OU would do the same thing if they were in the sec this year i think you could also say put them on kentucky schedule and i don't know that they beat florida but i think they could achieve similar success to what i believe kentucky could achieve i also think that we talked about this in i think our week zero maybe the one after it's all going to be about how they pod the sec when texas and ou comes over But if we're just talking right now, this year, which is what the question was referring to, I really think that, and and all this is specific to uh, OU's quarterback change because that that's when I really started having kind of this revelation because that guy reminded me of Ole Miss's quarterback a little bit. Yeah, Um, yeah. Um, I'm not saying his name, but. The quarterback from Ole Miss. Right. So he he kind of reminds me of that. And then if you just want me to button this segment with a hot take, don't be shocked if Spencer Rattler plays for Ole Miss next year and Lane Kiffin turns him around.
1: That wouldn't be shocking at all. I I, I think
0: Thought about that yesterday.
1: That would be okay. And I know we're we're about to transition, but but I but I, I pulled know. up Ole Miss's schedule. Right, so you okay. start talking about that, and you made the comparison. So I'm looking at okay. it, right? Just for our listeners who aren't watching, you have Louisville. I think, oh, you can take that. Austin, PA, they can take that. Tulane. I mean, they almost lost to Tulane, but they won, so I'll give them that. So they're they're three and zero going going into Bama. You lose to Bama. That's three and one. I believe they lose to you guys in Arkansas. We're three and two,
0: and that's fair. But it it can't like even Ole Miss. It can't. I mean, it came down to the final play of the game, right?
1: But you this know what I mean? What I, I, I see what you're saying, but this is what I'm saying. You guys, I think sometimes we get spoiled with the SEC about how great the athletes and the teams are in there. Like, sure. Yeah. You, you, you build your team in the SEC to compete against SEC talent. So we could say, man, Ole Miss put up 52 points on Arkansas. Most teams in the country aren't going to put 52 points up on Arkansas or 51 points up on Ole Miss. Those are SEC-built teams. Like, when, I, I feel like when you play in the SEC, you just kind of give into the fact that, man, this is high-powered offense. We're building bend, don't break defenses with a ton of athletes out there. And we're going to go athlete on athlete, and we're going to try to figure this thing out. I just don't think OU has built that type of talent on defense. I think offense, they can compete. I think yeah, I was going to say offense. Yeah, yeah, offense, I think they're fine. I think defense, though, they will get... It will just be terrible for them. So I, I I'm maybe I just don't. I, and I'm gonna be honest. I don't like OU fans. Every time they don't say anything <laughs> until the game's over. That's what annoys me about them. Like they're quiet all game, and then after the game, they're on Twitter. They're on, and I'm like, be quiet. Be like, talk your talk your junk before, and just face up to it. So yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm looking at them in Ole Miss' schedule right now. If they were Ole Miss, and I'm still like. Eh. Maybe you go eight and four. Maybe you go seven and five. I just – I'm never sold on them. I just always feel like they get the the benefit of the doubt because they're playing a the weak conference. They're going to go undefeated nine times out of ten. And, you know, but I think we're – good thing is we're about to find out within the next couple of years.
0: But to that point, let me pull this up real quick. I mean, Ole Miss still has to play LSU, who I know has not been well this year, but they're just a team that, like mm-hmm. – any given week, know. they could decide to show up. They've got Auburn, they've got A and M. Like those aren't just checkbox wins, like you may right. have thought they were a week ago. And so, well, they to, they your have to point, play Tennessee
1: next week, bro. Josh, yeah, Hobo who's has, looking good? They let Tennessee looking good. So not to hey, will
0: the ball. OU yeah, boy. Heiple, yeah. Um, I, but like I guess what I'm saying is, I don't disagree with that last point you just made. Because my thing is, is I think let's watch how Ole Miss's season plays out, mm-hmm. and that's what I think OU. Could accomplish. Got
1: gotcha. you because
0: because oh, you could go eight and four. They could. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yesterday was just a weird matchup. And what I, I really don't understand is you got you got Lebby and Bryles who essentially run the same thing. They have a foundation <laughs> of the Baylor veer and shoot with Lane Kiffin wrinkles, right? right? Because Kendall Bryles learned all those wrinkles when he worked for him at Florida Atlantic, and so right. How, how are the defensive coordinators still, like, seemingly that unprepared? Like, you you run against this right, all spring, a- <laughs> all summer, all fall? Like, what, this is what you see anyways, every day. Okay. So, and that's for both sides. And it's two, in my opinion, really good coordinators in Barry Odom and DJ Durkin. Because, yeah. I mean, he was a Michigan, right? Yeah, um, DJ was, and then he went to Maryland. Anyways. And then, yeah. Okay. Okay. I know too much time, but I think that was that was good conversation. Let's let's get into let's get into week uh, six. Six. Yes. We got Biggest bold. Surprise. We got surprised. We got overrated.
1: Yeah, bold man. Um, I guess I'll kick it off with the bold. I, and we only picked one this week, really. I mean, I kind of doubled yeah. back on yours, but I really kind of stuck with one. My one was Iowa over Penn State. Um, I woke up that morning now. felt as like oh, Iowa over Penn State. Here's what I'm gonna say though. I still don't love Iowa. I was when I was predicting the bold Iowa over Penn State, I was predicting an even matchup. Iowa really just showing us what they're about. And mm. I guess winning a winning a a more even game. Um, the moment I saw Penn State lose their starting quarterback, I was like, it's over. Once once I saw the backup come in, um, he seemed rattled. He didn't seem prepared. He didn't have that confidence. I was like, Iowa has this. Now, no discredit to Iowa. They have 16, uh, 15 interceptions in six games. Yeah. <laughs> it is re- That that back end, and I and I watched part of that game. Um, I was kind of moving around, so I had it on my phone, but I, I watched part of it. And I mean, that secondary is legit um for the Big Ten. They're they're legit. They don't make a lot that defense doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, they're gonna make you beat yourself like that's that's who Iowa is. And what I'll give them credit for is they're okay with their identity. Their identity is, you know, we have a decent running back who can make you pay. Our defense is going to put us in good position, and we're going to hope that you beat yourself. And that's what they did. I think Penn State, Sean Clifford had two interceptions before it goes out the game. Their backup has two. So they have four interceptions in that game mm. alone. And, I mean, it's hard to beat anybody when you make four interceptions. But – I would say this, and we texted right about it afterward. You're like, I'm not sold on Iowa still. And my response was, I'm not either. I think, you know, you're not, that's part of the game. You're not starting quarterback out of the game. That's part of football. I think if Clifford plays, I think Penn State comes off and wins it. Um, I've seen him play enough football this year and years prior. This year, he looks different. He looks comfortable. Um, he seems to, when I watched him play Auburn, he stepped up when it got tight he has the connection with, I would say, probably one of the best receivers in the country, and Josh Doxon, like, they just, you know, they Mm -hmm. just have this connection where when it's crunch time, we're going to go make a play. Um, And once Penn State kind of lost that, I was like, ah, the game. So I was saddened to see that because I don't feel like I get an accurate depiction of who was really supposed to win that game. I believe Penn Mm -hmm. State wins it if Clifford is there. Um, But I think, you know, at this point, now we texted about it, but I was like, oh, man. They have, they played nobody for the rest of the year. And so, which I kind of agree with, but this is what I will say, bro. This is what I will say. And I will tell everybody to look out for it. I honestly believe Iowa is potentially, I would say, potentially has the ability to lose a game. And this mm. is where I think they can lose. I think, in my personal opinion, Trey, I think they can lose against Wisconsin. Mm. If, was, they're, they're very similar in styles yeah. Strong strong defense Very strong defense We're not going to turn the ball over We're going to just play hard And Wisconsin has the Number one ranked rushing defense In the country I believe So that's where I'm kind of like I, I think If there's anybody that's going to trip them up If there's anybody that's going to trip up Iowa I think it's Wisconsin So I don't know if they make it to the Big Ten game unscathed and dare I say this dare I say this after watching this team play last night I really does have two teams to prepare for that can beat them Wisconsin and Nebraska
0: Nebraska. yep and what
1: I saw what I saw from Nebraska last night in that Michigan game this is a different team that I think play week zero that offense when they're clicking is electric Mm. and Adrian Martinez, I was about to say Taylor, because his brother played there. Adrian Martinez, mm-hmm. I feel so bad for the kid, because if he could put it all together, I think the kid would be a Heisman type player. Mm. He just It just hasn't all clicked for him. But when he's humming, bro, and they're running misdirection and counters and the triple option and Pat Scott Frost is an offensive genius. So I'm I'm going to say put this on wax. I think Iowa loses to one of those two teams, and if there is a team outside of Wisconsin-Nebraska between those two. I think they lose to Nebraska, man. And they're playing at Nebraska, if I'm correct. Yeah, they're playing at Nebraska. So,
0: Last game of the season. Could be a a job-saving type game for Scott Frost. And to your point, it could be the game where they put it all together um, because, you know... My stance on it, and I watched that game. I said last week, I hadn't watched Iowa. I can't really comment on them, but my honest take just from watching this one game, even though it was a top five matchup, is they, they kind of are who I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I could see a, a, a team that's got the explosiveness potential that Nebraska has if they could put it together. The The thing is is that Iowa is a way more disciplined team, and they're a way more physical team. and mm-hmm. I mean, even though the game of football has has, you know, kind of evolved into to a more spread out, wide open type thing, I mean, physicality is still the name of the game, and right. Iowa brings that. And so, I'm with you, though. Uh, maybe don't overlook that Wisconsin, Nebraska, th- those two games. But I just look at it and go, man, I think they run the table, and then they run in th- their first real brick w- brick wall will be in the conference championship game, which I'll comment on that uh in our true minute drill because that's something man, that other side of the Big Ten. I I whoo. it's
1: it's brutal. Oh uh, and, and I would say this before you take over is uh uh-huh. if they go unscathed into the Big Ten championship game, I've been thinking about this all night, and they let's say for kicks and giggles, they face a was it be eleven or 12-1 Ohio State team?
0: It'd be eleven and one.
1: I hate and I hate saying that. I, I still think they're gonna lose the game. Um, to somebody because they play Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan. Anyways, let say they do that, but they play a tight game. Tight, I'm talking decided by a field goal. They very well, we've seen the college football playoff. Two SEC teams, if Bama runs the table, and two Big Ten teams. No. You don't think so?
0: Because OU. OU's going to have to drop to somebody. Yes. And I got a I, comment on that as well, yeah, but
1: go for it cuz I think they lose this year. Cuz
0: cuz here's what's crazy. There is a path right now with A M. that and like it's like it's it's sent so many different ripple effects into the landscape of college football mm-hmm. that one of those paths OU could go into the college football playoff the number 1 ranked team the number one ranked team. There is a path upset. for them to do that. I would be so upset. Because, because Georgia, you know, everyone's going, what are you talking about? They're, no, Georgia's going to have to play Bama in the SEC championship. And I'm not saying, oh, they're going to lose that game. They may very well take care of business like they've been doing all year. But what I'm saying is, there's it's a realistic path that OU Ooh. runs the table in the Big 12, wins their conference championship against a team they've already beaten, Mm -hmm. finishes the season undefeated, and then you have Georgia lose to Bama, who now each have one loss. Mm -hmm. Whoever comes out of the Big Ten, if it's not Iowa, will have one loss. But even if it is an undefeated Iowa team, they're not going to be ranked higher than OU. It's OU. If OU is 12-0 and the rest of them have one loss... They're going in as the number one ranked team, which is crazy to think. <laughs> so, anyways, that's just a little yeah. one of the ripple effects that could come from that AM victory. Like, that's what's crazy, is we're going to get to the end of the season and it's all going to come back to that game. Oh. Um, okay. My bold, I had Texas winning. They lost. I, I, I don't really care because as an Arkansas fan, I don't really care. I mean, other than I cover Texas, so it's kind of. Gotten me a little bit more tuned in with like Xavier Worthy, who I know you've got a soft spot for, who should have been at uh, Michigan. Bijan yes. Robinson, who I man that that guy, he's unbelievable. Even though that OU running back, <clears throat> if you if you just went toe for toe yesterday, I can't even remember his name right now, but he he probably he, outperformed he's, he's really the dead. yeah. So and he again, that's where it gave me. It's just crazy because. Like Ole Miss would pop one on the big screen against Arkansas, and then I'd look over to the other screen, and then OU would pop one in the same exact fashion. I mean, like, they just – they look so similar to me in how they were playing, um, particularly yesterday. Um, But then you can make the argument that Arkansas dominated Texas, and that's the competition they're playing for, and I I get all that. But um, that was my bold. I really thought Texas was going to do it. How they played that first half, I'm going, okay, I'm, I'm, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. Sark had getting them to turn it around. This is going to be the game where they really start to turn the corner. Hold on, I'm about to sneeze. I'll put a dollar in the... Oh, another one. Here it comes. <laughs> All right, I'll put a dollar in the bucket for sneezing on air. Um, So anyways... Um, And we're not going to edit that out, by the way. Yeah, no, leave it it as is. This is you get the authentic, (laughs) real deal.
1: This is what's happening.
0: But then, as OU, I I still had this feeling when the game, even when it was like a three possession game, I'm going, we've seen this story before. Because if Mm -hmm. I recall, I think Kyler Murray, like, came back from three possessions or something like that in the fourth quarter, and um, then of course, OU started getting that momentum took care of business so I, I do i think that them winning ou beating texas and then AM beating alabama has like unlocked this door and this pathway for ou to go into the cfp as the number one team um mm. because we don't know what's going to happen with that georgia alabama game now if georgia takes care of business and they run the table in the season, which I absolutely think they're about to do. And then beat yeah. Bama in the sec championship, because we now know someone's beating Bama.
1: Someone's, beating Bama. <laughs> um,
0: someone's doing it. Maybe someone else will now. Um, that could be crazy. And then the only other thing I wanted to say on bold is I mentioned them earlier, Kentucky, they've gotten one step closer to that new year six birth. They beat LSU. Now they've got Tennessee who's playing well, but yep. they've also got Mississippi state. I think it's, I think I said that backwards. I think it's Mississippi State first, and then they play Tennessee, but they've got Tennessee at home. So, really, if they just win one of those two, because I think they are about to get throttled by Georgia this week. And then if they win one of those two, they've got a very, very controllable, clear, doable path to a 10 win and, dare I say, 11 win season. Uh, going into bowl season and the reason why i think i get so geeked about a team like kentucky playing in a new year's six bowl is because i think all their players will play you know when you're a team like that and you get a new year's six bowl like you're gonna play you want to play in that game whereas if bama loses in the sec championship (laughs) and then they get the sugar bowl or whatever they're not gonna play that game half their team will be preparing for the draft which is fine saban i mean the story of, on him since they've been there is when they play in those BCS or New Year's Six games that aren't playoff or championship you know, caliber, they don't even show up. And so I would much rather see a 10-11 win Kentucky team who's like, they're going to be treating that like their right. college football playoff. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And so I just want to throw them because that's that is a team that I kind of threw a, a, a prediction out last week. I, I was like, man, they they have a pathway to a new year six. They need to win two of the next four. And they just took care of business against LSU. So uh we'll transition into surprise. I'll go ahead and kick this one off. I mean, it's the national headline story. We've it's already, already surprised the country. <laughs> I, mean, I know. Like we've already organically talked about it multiple times in this in this episode, but just A&M over Bama. I mean, AM over Bama. It's I'm wondering if Jimbo Fisher, getting back to the quote you referenced earlier at SEC Media Days, if he just said, we're preparing for Bama from week one. Like, That's maybe it. he looks at the team that he had, he probably knows that Saban's, you know, I mean, would think his years are numbered at this point. Like, how right. many more opportunities? And he's just going, I'm willing... To sacrifice the Arkansas game, games. the Mississippi State game, and hey, almost the Colorado game. Yep. If it gets me that Bama win. And I don't know. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I'm starting to wonder because I watched AM play against Colorado. I watched AM play against Arkansas. I watched AM play against Mississippi State. Being that I, you know, mainly right. some of it's not even by choice. It's because like, I you have, I, it's to. part of my, <laughs> uh, my coverage for sports illustrated. And so the team that showed up in those three games and the team that showed up against Alabama, oh two my gosh, two, two to- and if that team that showed up against Bama plays out the rest of the season, I mean, the sec West could get interesting because the next domino that could potentially fall, well i'm gonna save it for true minute i don't want to okay. get into it right now and then um real quick so so a over bama you can comment on that as well i mean i, I don't know what else to say but yeah i think it was a, it all.
1: yeah I, I saw that tweet sorry to cut you off but I, it's so funny you said that because my mind instantly went through this tweet that was going on this reddit board where this guy was like what if jimbo fisher is so intelligent that he decided you know what Let me call up two games (laughs) to make Nick Saban think he's going to come in here and run away with this. And then he coaches the best game of his life. And, you know, you kind of laugh at those comments like, okay, yeah, one would hope. right? Whatever. And then you're looking last night and I'm like, what if Jimbo Fisher, like you said, has been said, you know what? We're going to give up some games in the SEC West. That's fine. But the one we're not going to give up this year is Bama, man.
0: Yeah. Like, did he know, okay, we ain't winning it all this year. Um, That's not going to happen. I've already got a national title in my hip pocket, um, winning it at Florida State. Like, the one thing I do not have, the one notch I do not have on my belt is I've never beaten Coach Nick Saban. You know, my former boss, basically. Right. You know, because he was his coordinator at LSU. And he became the first former Saban assistant to beat Saban, and I just, I mean, as crazy of a conspiracy as it sounds, I, I'm going, my goodness, hey, I mean, everybody
1: has the Moby Dick in their life that they got to deal.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so
1: that is that.
0: The only other teams I want to bring up real quick, uh, Wake Forest has quietly crept to six and zero. They're the top of the ACC, or at least their side of the ACC. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say what my bold prediction next week's going to be is that they fall to army next week. They've got army next week and that's just a team, you know, y- you just never know week to week. I mean, they, uh, anyway, so I think our army is going to give them their first loss of the season, but, uh, you'll see the video. We'll, we'll have it on our TikTok, which by the way, went viral again, again. Um, and on our Instagram next week on game day, uh, SMU. I gave them a little love last week. Um, I have a, a quick take on them or, or a quick dream for them. I'm going to mention in our true minute drill. So there's a little there's a little teaser for you. But I think SMU is still undefeated, yep. um, and they have a pathway to a New Year Six as well. There's a big game that I'm gonna I'll, 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 I'll mention. I'll, I'll, I'll revisit them in the true minute drill, and then Oklahoma State. Right now, they're up there at the top of the Big 12 standings with OU. Um, I'm going to comment on them as well in my True Minute drill, but Let's the go Bedlam game this year, the man, game is huge. could potentially not just have conference championship implications, but it could have playoff implications. So I'll funny. just leave that at that. Uh, go ahead with your surprises, B.
1: Yeah, my biggest surprise, man, is um, it's not really necessarily like a team win. It's um, – I really just feel like, man, how many times can Nebraska just shoot themselves in the foot? <laughs> it hurts. Like, and I'm, they're playing my team yesterday, and I'm, obviously, I want to win the game, but like, I don't know if anybody really watched the game, but like, we, we, we squander that away, anyways. The, but they played a really good game. I think we, sh- we love some points on the board, but that's neither here nor there. But we, they get the ball back, they get an opportunity, they're tied to kind of go and, make some plays, and it's a fourth and one. They run a, a QB sneak or QB draw sorry, from the shotgun, and instead of just getting the first down and kind of dying down, you know, they're fighting for the yards, and we stripped the ball from uh, Adrian Martinez, and as that happened, my heart kind of sinks for them at the same time. I'm going, <laughs> how many times can you guys just shoot yourself in the foot with just <laughs> dumb plays that shouldn't happen? And we've watched mm. that with Nebraska I've watched it with Nebraska all season. You know, it's like every time I tune in it's like uh you shot the same thing we said with OU a couple weeks back. Well, it was it a week 2? We're like they should have won that game. They same thing with Michigan State last week. They had Michigan State on the ropes and then they called a a punt right. The punter ends up putting it left and Michigan State returns the the punt return for a touchdown. They go into mm. overtime. Obviously the momentum's on their side at that point and we know college football as much as it's about talent is about momentum. Um yeah. and they lose that game cuz they should have beat Michigan. Realistically, those are they should have beat OU in my opinion. They should have beat Michigan State. And so when I'm looking at that last night and I'm looking at the look on Scott Frost's face after the camera pans to yes. him, and he's just looking <laughs> like sick to his stomach. Like the dude just looked like the worst news in the world that he could have heard just happened to him and i
0: well and he's had a sore spot for michigan since 97 so
1: yeah he has he has and and even when he was at ucf when we came in and we blasted we out hit michigan like and he said it though and i'll give scott frost this he said this is the game we need to win to show Mm. that we are back like they had that game circled even their the guys from Bustin' with the boys, Will Compton and Taylor LeJuan. Taylor played in Michigan. Will played in Nebraska. Mm. Like, Will's talking trash. For some odd reason, Trey, this game felt like a rivalry game for Nebraska. Mm. Um, And even with Michigan, like Michigan, there's been this odd tension, even though we never... And it's probably from 97. um, There's a Scott Frost thing. Yeah, it's, it's this tension we have where, in normal years, we probably don't care about Nebraska. We're like, we got Ohio State, Michigan State, and Penn State to worry about. But this year, it felt like there was something about this Nebraska team. And so just seeing that, man, I felt bad. I was like, again, it happens again. I'm glad it happened against my team, but I just can't help but hope maybe at some point, Nebraska last week of the season against Iowa decides that's the game. They put it all together, man. Cause they're, they're probably the, this sounds weird, but they're the best three and four team in the country. Mm. They're they're a tough win. They're tough. They're tough win. So th- that would be that uh, as far as my biggest surprise, man, is Nebraska-Nebraska's again, man.
0: And before we go overrated, just for those of you that may not know your college football history, when we keep referencing 97, Scott Frost was the quarterback for Nebraska, led him to an undefeated record and absolutely pounded a Peyton Manning-led Tennessee team in their bowl game. Michigan, who had Heisman Award winner Charles Woodson, went undefeated and beat Ryan. barely beat a Washington state team in the Rose bowl. And it was just the game that all of college football was robbed of was a Michigan versus Nebraska championship game. And that
1: should have been the game.
0: And, and frost made some comments, um, in a news conference as a player. And there's just been this long-standing like tension ever since, um, <laughs> but because they both went undefeated they each kind of got a share of the national championship but this was back before they had um yes yeah i think it was before the like B- it was, like before, the, it was BCS. before the bcs, BCS it like was a few years later yeah it may have been like the next, the next year. year
1: i think the next year cuz it was tennessee
0: tennessee beat florida state in the bcs championship i mean i think that is when yeah. they went okay We've got to like we robbed all of college football of this matchup because it was still when you played your your games, you played your schedule and then you went to your conference championship bowl game, which was how it played out. But anyways, we don't need to go too far into that. I don't have an overrated this week. I think it was just a heck of a week of college football I mean, I'm not going to say Bama's overrated for losing. Like, they were certainly the number one team in the country. And if not, they were the number two team in the country. They right. got upset. A team getting upset is not a team being overrated. And so, outside of that, I could probably try to stretch and reach and go try to find a team. But, I mean, all in all, I just thought it was a great week of college football. I couldn't be more pleased with how it all played out, other than yeah. the fact that my team lost a heartbreaker.
1: Yeah, and and, and I didn't have an overrated team. Um, even on this podcast and we talked about it for even being a former athlete, I'm really particular how I talk about athletes. Um, I'm really particular about that because People, this is what I don't like, and I'm going to get off my soapbox on this. I don't like how people thrash players because, mm. like you said, it's the 2%. 2% of people go to Division One. There's an even smaller, yes. emergent, smaller people that go to the top programs in the country. So we can all, and right. I tweeted about this, we can all keyboard coach. We, we don't know what it's like to call a game in the thick of things. We don't know what it's like to play in front right. of 50,000 people. Listen, guys, I ran college track, and I almost peed my pants running on ESPN2. Like so, I can't imagine weekend and week out playing playing in front of 70,000 fans. Um, but I, and I wouldn't say this was overrated. I think um, there was just a little too much expectation on this, and and I would say mm-hmm. the quarterback out at at uh, OU and Spencer Rattler. I think the kid, I mean, he was coming out as the number one quarterback coming out of high school. He had that show QB One on Netflix. So there's a right. lot of hype coming behind him. Lincoln Riley's kind of known as a QB whisperer. Um. And I don't think the kids overrate it. I think, you know, this is just a tough – it's not really clicking for him right now. And I, when you said earlier he could put his name in a transfer portal and go to Ole Miss, I could see that because if we remember, everyone said going to the season, and I have tweets about it where I tweet it, he's probably going to win the Heisman. He's probably going to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft this year. Um, and the kid has all the talent. I just think it's uh, – a. I think after watching the benching yesterday, it's probably over for him at OU, Kayla, unless Caleb Williams just starts laying duds. But I mean, I don't to come in in a game like that you did in the in the in the Red River shootout, a Red River shootout, and do mm-hmm. what you do. The kid just has it. Like he has, you could just he just has it. So I I mm-hmm. think I don't think it's over for Spencer though. He has all the intangibles. So I'm not even calling him overrated. I think it was just underperformance this mm. this this year so far there's been an underperform for whatever reason it's just not clicking and that's life in that sports we look at kids every year hit the transfer portal because it's just not working and we say this pros have said this I can say this as a college athlete It sometimes it's just about fit and mm. it just doesn't mean you're not talented because I could have went for me I look at my I could went to I went to Oral Roberts because of the fit the coach was great for me and so um, I don't think Spencer Rattler's overrated. I think he's underperforming based upon the gifting he has. And I believe maybe he comes back to school and I hope he does and maybe go somewhere. Like you said, Ole Miss and get with somebody, get in a new situation. And I would love to see that kid perform up to the abilities that he has because the kid's a baller and, and, and I want to see him win, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So that, that, that would be the only thing I have to say in that segment. There's, there's no overrated. I think there was just the underperformance and, Sometimes it comes down to fit. So I hope he – whatever that is, I hope he finds it um, because I'm all for the kids doing what they're supposed to do and, and getting a bag. I want that kid to get yeah. the bag, man. So that that would be it for me. All
0: right. Well, let's get into True Minute, okay? Start on the whistle, end on the buzzer. Um, what What is our topic, B. Holmes?
1: Um, what are we most excited to see about in the back half, to, half of the season? All what right. Are most you want it, are you uh, go for it, man. You seem like you got a lot of points. I've been intrigued. Yeah.
0: Yes, I've got I'm, I've got a list of things that I'm going to try and fit into this one minute. Okay.
1: All right. Let's go for we it. We know
0: how this segment goes. It's start on the whistle, end on the buzzer. Let me make sure my clock, my timer is set. And here we go. Ready, ready. <laughs> okay. So. First off, I'm really intrigued by how the SEC West is going to shake out. I think Bama is still the favorite, but what if, what if they lose the Iron Bowl to Auburn? Think about what that could do to the landscape of the SEC West and who represents the West in the SEC championship game. That would just be crazy. I'm not saying I think that happens, but it could. Who's going to prevail on the other side of the Big Ten to face Iowa in the Big Ten championship? Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. It's going to be a slugfest. I can't wait to see who prevails. I have a feeling it's going to end up being Ohio State, and they're going to sneak their way into the college football playoff it's shaping up as i mentioned earlier that the bedlam game ou versus oklahoma state Could not only have a conference championship implication, but it could have playoff implications. And OU has a pathway to be the number one team in the playoff. Finally, I really want to see an SMU-Cincinnati undefeated matchup, 10-0 versus 10-0. This could be a game that could get SMU into the uh, New Year's Six Bowl, which I think would just be great for the city of Dallas. It'd be great for SMU, and it'd be great for Coach Sonny Dykes. And boom. Boom.
1: Hey, that was a, that's my yo, true man. Y'all minute. can't see. Trey was getting red trying to get all that. <laughs> I hey. had one
0: more thing, and it's my hogs bowl eligibility, but I'll save that.
1: It's all good. It's all good. Well, I don't. know. How After I finish crying. <laughs> all right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it.
0: Start on the whistle, end on the buzzer. Here we go. Ready.
1: ready, ready. Listen, this is the thing I'm most excited to see in the back half of the football. Is what the Big Ten is going to do and what's going to happen and how it's going to shake out. For years and years and years and years, I hear about how dominant the SEC is, and I never disagree. But this feels good as a Big Ten fan, whether it's my Michigan Wolverines, whether it's the Fighting male Tuckers, whether it's Ohio State, Iowa, or Penn State. It feels good to be considered... One of the or not the best conference in college football this year. So I'm excited to see how these teams play out, especially in the last four weeks of the season, when the top four powers in the Big Ten East all have to face each other. And dare I say, bold prediction that this Michigan team is the best Michigan team I've seen in a long time. And we finally get the long drawn out win against Ohio State. That's what I'm looking for. Jim Harbaugh has our boys ready to go. The Big Ten is back, baby. Stampin' to prove it. We <laughs> might potentially play in a national title game this year. Let's do it. Woo! That's all I needed, man. I don't even need more time. There it is. There's my time. I'm just pumped, man. All Big right, looks good. <laughs> looks good. Okay,
0: so B. Holmes, you want to hit them with the socials because I've got to wrap this up or my wife's going to kill me.
1: Yes. So hey, here it is, man. <laughs> hit us on social media, man. Follow us on YouTube, TBP Sports True Blue yes. Pod, Trade Brand Podcast. Please subscribe, man. We we were a little low from the goal we wanted to hit this past week. So get us on there. Um, follow us on Instagram, Blue Blood CGT. We would love to see you guys there. Hey, and download TikTok. Your boys are going viral. We we're two Crazy. for two. We're two it's for crazy. two. We have built up a following. We're probably at fifty five hundred now. I haven't checked. But we have built in two weeks over five thousand followers, man. So we're gonna do something special on TikTok. We're just talking through the logistics of it. But man, mm-hmm. follow us at that's blue blood cgt. Um and man, just thanks for the support. Share it with a friend, like it, comment, all those things. And engage with us on Twitter. I'm at real B Homes. Trey is at at it's, Trey, it's Smith. Trey Smith. Yeah, man, and connect with us out there. We love Hidden guys in Twitter sphere. Until next week, love your wins, sulk in your losses, and come back for week seven. We love you guys. Take care. Man, Peace. College. Peace. Hey. college football. Hey. I love March Madness. Hey. Man, I love college.